0: Hey, it's your neighbor, Bill Nye, the science guy.
1: Hey, Bill Nye, the science guy, it's Ellen, the, uh, just Ellen, I guess. Now, communication technology races headlong into the future, and soon people all over the world are sharing life's most important moments faster than ever before. voyage of discovery and awareness of the richness, the diversity, and the often surprising nature of living with the land.
0: Have a great stay in Condor Flats or wherever your final destination may take you.
2: W-W-Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 488. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you come to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic every week with the podcast videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this week, I'm going to sit down once again with friend and former executive vice president of operations at the Walt Disney World Resort, Lee Cockrell. He shares his thoughts, opinions, and years of experience at Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris as we discuss topics including Marvel, Star Wars, Pandora, Disney Springs, D23, future and former attractions, and some theme park expansion ideas, customer service, and much more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package then stay tuned to the end of the show I'll have more information about upcoming meets and events, special events and maybe a tease about what's to come in the future as well as your voicemails so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show I am sitting outside one of my favorite places in Walt Disney World, Disney Springs, outside my favorite restaurant, not just in the Disney World, but possibly the World World, which is the Boat House. And I'm sitting here with one of my all-time favorite cast members and people as well. His career at Walt Disney World spanned a decade, I think, plus, uh, and oversaw not just the operations of a single park or the resort hotels, but the entire operations and, and tens of thousands of cast members and guest rooms and parks and water parks and, and everything else that uh, that is really part of Walt Disney World. And during his time at the company, he created some of the processes that the company still uses today. He still continues to teach and inspire others by being a public speaker. And with now four-ish, maybe more, books coming uh, really helping to integrate Disney's exceptional guest satisfaction and customer service as a foundation for things that you can use, not just in your business, but in your daily life. He's the former executive vice president of operations of the Walt Disney World Resort. He is Mr. Lee Cockrell. Lee, welcome and welcome back, I should say.
3: Wow, that's quite
2: an introduction. <laughs> I wish I was that good. So, yeah, it's nice to be back with you again. I, you know, there was so I actually had to write it down because I'm like, there's so much that you did while you were here. I was like, yeah, you know... Uh, trying to put it all in in and synopsize it quickly is difficult because you did have so many roles and you had so much of an influence while you were not only here but um, out in in Disneyland euro Disneyland which is now Disneyland Paris um, and so this is we just had lunch at the boathouse uh, which was your first time there it was
3: terrific <laughs> I had never been there my wife had she told me it was terrific and uh, it was just, the food was really, really, really good, and so was the service. So I'll be back there soon.
2: Yeah, we did a nice little ride on the Amphicar, and now we're <laughs> sitting outside um, on a really perfect day. Um, and I thought, you know, because we've, you've been on the show a number of times, you were back on show 93 in 2008 it was the first time. Wow, it's like nine years ago, the first time we met. And uh, back in 2015, you were again on show 412 And so I wanted to chat with you again, but I wanted to do something a little bit different because we've talked about your career. We've talked about some of the lessons that people can use in their life and their business. And I thought we would do something fun today and just do 20 questions with Lee Cockrell. Um, We're going to sort of just take it as it comes and and sort of go all through the parks and resorts and everything under the Disney umbrella. How's it sound? That sounds great. I'll see if I can answer them. (laughs) I'm, listen, this, is, um, this is, should be easy for you, and I, but I really want to know, you know, not just um, from Lee Cockrell the, you know, and hear about your time while you were here, but you are still local to the area. You're still, um, you know, I think very much a part of the, the Disney family. Your son, Dan Cockrell, is now, he is vice president of Magic Kingdom, correct? Yes, he is. We're proud of him. He's got a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's had some great roles. I've known Dan over the years. Um, when I think, I think the first time I met him was when he was VP of Epcot, right? right. Yeah, that was his first
3: uh, VP job, Epcot, and then he went to the Studio, and then he got to the big guy, and he's
2: <laughs> he's quite proud of that, and so are we. So we were talking at lunch, and we had mentioned earlier about how you had um, back in, I guess, it was 1990 or so, you had started off in. You really, you opened up. Disneyland Paris, correct, and doing food and beverage?
3: Yeah, I joined Disney in 1990. I came down to Orlando from Marriott and trained for six weeks and shipped off to uh, Paris and stayed there three years. I was there two years before the opening and a year afterwards and it was a great experience. I had a great job. I got a daughter-in-law out of it and three little half-American, half-French grandchildren. So
2: Disney is magical. <laughs> and we talked about how you you return. You know, you love France and you return there. But So actually, let's make that really the first question, you know, because recently Disney acquired the remaining shares of Disneyland Paris Resort from the Kingdom Holding Company. Um tell me your thoughts about not only that acquisition and now sort of Disney taking over complete control, but how the park compares now versus it did, you know, more than 25 years ago.
3: Yeah, well, I think, you know, part of the problem is we opened with too much debt, and of course that gets you in trouble, and then there was a little recession and some pushback from the French a little bit about the park, and so we didn't get the attendance, so when I was there, luckily I made it through. I, we were losing a million dollars a day. So uh, when Michael Osner came to see us, it wasn't really a magical trip. It was kind of tragical, I called it. And uh, it was tough. And we had a lot of tough decisions we had to make. And uh, over the years, uh, they've had good attendance. They do a good job. It was just this debt lingering over you. It's like a lot of people got caught in 08, 09, 10 with debt, couldn't cover it, and lost their homes, lost their businesses, lost their hotels, and... So that put a lot of pressure on everybody. And uh, over the years, I'm glad they brought, bought it the stock back because what happens when you are not making any profits, you're not investing back in the property and you're not painting and keeping it maintenance up and all those kinds of things. And I think today they're able to get back on top of that. But I think they're doing 14 or 15 million people now. Yeah, It's the most visited place in Europe number one, by far, more than the Eiffel Tower, which is hard to believe,
2: but it's true. Yeah. And the fact that you just sort of glossed over the fact that at one point they were losing, you know, they were hemorrhaging a million dollars a day is is unbelievable.
3: Every 24 hours. And Disney World wasn't very happy with us. <laughs> so they were making that and we were losing it. So it was a, it was a stressful time. And I learned a lot about pay attention to the culture you know we had to redo the menus we weren't serving wine uh, and there's no french person can have any meal without wine and a baguette so we got our act together we now have more and i think in china that worked we started paying more attention to the culture give the people what they want instead of everything's being americanized and you know, i would tell anybody going internationally pay a lot
2: of attention to the local culture yeah so do you think the um disney taking over the rest of the shares do you think they'll have any sort of a major impact, or will you know will they continue sort of down the course that they've been going uh, with the success that they've had recently?
3: Well, I think they'll be able to now get some capital uh, project, and some financing to expand and do uh, probably renovate and get the attractions up to speed. Probably close some, reopen some new ones. And uh, they always look to see what Orlando's doing and Disneyland and uh, what what attractions should be sent over there and replace some of those places just like they do here. So I think we'll see, uh, improving. I've got a lot of good feedback recently. People been there that they see an improvement. And so we'll see if that continues. I'm sure it will.
2: And so you, I guess the next question will be something that you mentioned that made me think about it. You talk about how, um, you know, that they weren't serving wine a number of years ago, uh, magic kingdom started to serve alcohol in, um, be our guest restaurant. Um, Certain sections of the internet lost their collective minds, and this was not what Walt wanted. And it was, you know, um, an atrocity. Give me your thoughts about what do you feel about restaurants like Be Our Guest uh, serving wine in a table service location like that.
3: Yeah, well, I think it's fine. Uh, I think, you know, we, at one point you couldn't have a mustache. At one point you couldn't have a goatee. At one point you couldn't wear earrings bigger than a dime. So life goes on. Things move along. People are very responsible to come here. Families are responsible. They don't really have any issues people getting drunk misbehaving. And, and a lot of people enjoy a glass of wine or beer with their dinner. And uh, so as long as it's done uh, in the right way, I think it's just fine. And uh, Disney, I think they've done a good job of making sure it's uh, isolated and it's not just on every 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 cart and every place where you can buy, walk around like some other places. And so it's good. Just I always tell people Disney knows what they're doing. They've they've figured this out before they do it. They don't do things by accident. And, And anytime you make any change, I'll tell you, the resistance is incredible on anything. I remember when we closed Mr. Toad's Ride, I thought I was going to be assassinated on the Internet. Oh, so That was all your fault. So. Yeah, I didn't even know what Mr. Toad's Ride was. I just got here. and I, At least I said that. But, uh, yeah, people are, you know, I think Disney guests are very emotional because they're very attached. It's like the national parks cutting down a redwood tree. You close Mr. Toad's Ride, that was like cutting down a redwood tree. It was a 1,000 years old. And uh, that's good. We People really feel like they own this and they're a part of it, and they want to have a in, and, and uh, they're listened to. I mean, Disney, uh, they don't underestimate the influence they have when they speak up. And I think Disney now probably interviews two million people a year, guests, to see what's going on. How do you feel with this, that, and other things. So they're well aware, and they got a great department that stays on top of that stuff. So...
2: It'll be all right. And because they are always listening, not just via surveys, but via social media, via you know, guest uh, interactions, when you hear that um, the desire to have a glass of wine with your dinner at Be Our Guest is, would be a guest satisfier, it, it makes sense not just in terms of financially, but in terms of, again, satisfying what the guests are, are looking for or expecting.
3: Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, serving wine was one of those things it just happened to be an old tradition and there are old good traditions and there's old bad traditions and and you got to change with the times and again i think it never gets out of hand and and uh i i've never heard of one single problem with somebody staggering out of a restaurant (laughs) and trying to do something bad at disney Uh, they're pretty well behaved and so it's it's okay that's a small little thing and and when you change tradition you got to be ready for resistance it's always going to be there i don't care what you change Try to change something with your kids when they're teenagers <laughs> move tell them you're going to move
2: yeah. well I know people say well Walt never wanted you know alcohol in magic Kingdom and, and I think you know that that's an arguable point because we talked about places like Holiday Land over in Disneyland where alcohol is being served but I think you're right I think maybe you know Walt would have seen and, and understood that the times have changed and that's something that guests would have wanted hey there's a lot of things
3: that have changed since those days <laughs> uh, and uh, thank God that America and hopefully we continue to uh, involve people in all of those decisions and have respect for people of all their needs and wants and uh, of every background and so i think it's great some of the stuff we won't even talk about back in the 80s and 90s that we weren't doing and today somebody asked me the other day is why is america great i said well it's great for a lot of people it's not great for everybody so we still got a lot of work to do
2: All right, so let's move from uh, Magic Kingdom over to one of the newest kingdoms um, over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, Pandora just opened um, a, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, uh, we did a review of it um, in what I think is is one of the most beautiful and spectacular. So I, I want so give me your thoughts on. The Pandora, the world of Avatar, and you can interpret that question however you want, whether it's the relationship itself, the land, whatnot.
3: Well, I think the big key for me would have been from my perspective of being able to open that park at night i mean you talk about a waste of having this beautiful place that spent i don't know five six hundred million dollars to build and then we closed it at sundown (laughs) i mean that didn't make any sense and uh, so i'm glad they did that i've heard i haven't seen pandora yet i've heard lots of great things about it i did look at it online and saw somebody had taken lots of videos of it just the videos alone were like incredible just i mean it's hard to understand what you're looking at almost it's so so pretty and so visually different so uh that's going to be great and uh, i'm looking forward to getting over there to see it in person i hear people get very emotional about it when they see it and that uh, and that's what disney world's all about going away th- thinking about the good times you had with your family and something emotional like that. The whole family probably talks about on the plane home. Oh, wow, do you believe that how great it was? So it's good.
2: Good thing. And that's why I think it made sense, you know, the the storytelling aspect and James Cameron being a a great storyteller and having seen it now, what an emotional experience it really is. That's exactly, that's the reason why we love this place the way that we do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think today we need more things that are emotional for people. We got so much... uh, kind of not not happy people in the world right now and we need more places to go where you can get away from reality and and kind of spend time with your family and uh and there's not many places like that that i think that's one reason even the troops used to come here and still do they would before they go to iraq or afghanistan they would come here with their families and they told us they came back first place they came back to when they got back because it kind of had that peaceful we had a good time there together and i just been through this thing in iraq or afghanistan and they always wanted to come back here because mentally it it helped them uh, readjust and uh, spend be with their family and remembering a good time they had not the time when you're deployed for a year or two so yeah disney's
2: got a lot of power
3: the product yeah
2: so Okay. You said the word power, which made me think with great power comes great responsibility I, and, and things that we love and, and reasons why we love this place in the Disney company. Obviously, a number of years ago, Disney, out of seeming left field, acquired Marvel and all of the Marvel properties. Give me your thoughts on not just that acquisition, but the movies and now the fact that we're starting to see Marvel coming into the theme parks and what that might mean for Walt Disney World.
3: Well, I think you just ask your son; you'll get the answer. Eleven-year-olds, twelve-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds, teenagers—they they love that kind of stuff. And uh, and you know, that's all. Those are old, old characters. I mean, I mean, I was uh, young when Superman was old, <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, so. It's uh, I think it's just nostalgia is important. People love nostalgia. Uh, they love superheroes. Everybody wants to have a hero. Everybody wants to understand how people can be magically powerful. And that happens at Disney in a lot of ways. Tinkerbell's pretty powerful, but uh, Superman and all these other... Spider-Man, all these guys are... It's just... It's, it's fun, and it's adventure. And it takes you, again, out of reality. It takes you to a place where you can forget about your problems for a while while you watch that movie or go to a distraction.
2: So if you... You know, we're going to sort of give you, um, you know, this magical ultimate power budget and, and licensing, notwithstanding. If you, uh, you have this Marvel property, and they say, Lee, you can build a Marvel attraction based on any character, any property uh, here at Walt Disney World. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what do you think it would be? Or, at the very least, what character or property would you make it about? Uh, I don't know. What are my choices on those characters? So we've got Spider-Man and Spider-Man, which is my favorite. I would the say Avengers... Yeah. If well, you say Spider-Man, Spider-Man I, if you say Spider-Man, I might actually hug you.
3: Everybody knows about Spider-Man and his ability to attach himself <laughs> to probably guests and to walls. And uh, yeah, I think uh That's probably the best known, I guess, because even young people today know about Spider-Man. I don't know if that's because of the movies or because their dad had old comic books and they looked at, and people collected those things, too. They were highly collectible, and uh, so that was a good move. And uh, I think we're going to see more nostalgia, you know. I asked the lady today in the boat house if she'd ever heard the '60s music it was playing. She said, "Oh yeah, I love it." I said, "Really?" And she was—her mother wasn't even born when those songs came out.
2: But nostalgia—everything comes
3: around, and uh, it's good to experience those things.
2: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, more of a, of a Marvel presence in the parks. We're starting to see it coming did Disneyland with Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think is um, laying the groundwork for a, a much larger presence out there. And I think eventually we're going to see it here too. Again, not just because it's a guest satisfier and not just teenage boys like it, but 40-some-odd-year-old men <laughs> do as well. And I think it really um, it, it fits under the, the Disney umbrella well in terms of... You know, quality, um, family-friendly entertainment. You know, I love the Marvel characters. There's always, a, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, morality and, and moral yeah, stories. You know, Peter Parker is one of the reasons why I love him is, is because of his story. And I think that will play well in attractions in the park. What's your daughter like? In that area does she like the superheroes she does I'm raising her right so you know <laughs> we love the Avengers and we love I you know so we love what they have done and, and Kevin feige has done like with the films and, and bringing these characters to life again and it's as a Disney enthusiast I'm curious to see how their presence is going to increase in the parks over the next few years. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure your daughter's already said you are the number
3: one superhero (laughs) and then choose a second one. But uh, yeah, it's true. You'll see more. Uh, They didn't buy it for nothing. (laughs) Just to hang on the wall. uh, Big investment.
2: All right. right, So speaking of all right. So speaking of buying something for for nothing, I'm going to I'm going to make this a segue. When Disney announced the acquisition of Lucasfilm years ago for $4 billion, nobody would have thought years later we would be looking at that as the deal of the century. I mean, Disney stole Lucasfilm and made that money back uh, already in spades. Tell me about your feelings about this This. Whatever it's going to be called The Star Wars Land That's going to become a Disney's, Disney's Hollywood Studios
3: Well I think if you've seen Pandora Then you're going to really see Something unbelievable With Star Wars Land I mean you talk about Everybody is into that That's been around since I was a young person I mean Star Wars And that was probably One of the first movies That really uh, was so far out there That it just caught Everybody's attention And we all, everybody got hooked on it and it hadn't changed. It's still. It's hard to believe. It's still the same power of that uh, Star Wars intercoastal uh, fighting of aliens. Uh, yeah, I mean it's going it's to be big, and I'm sure it's just going to make uh, the studio a whole different place. It's going to be like uh, mega. And I don't know how you can compare it to what else they've done, but I'm sure Pandora's great, but I think Star Wars is going to yeah. even be bigger.
2: And I think Pandora is is an indicator of what Star Wars is going to be. But one thing I think that both of those lands are going to do, because we've heard about this about Star Wars already, is a much more immersive type experience where the cast members that are working there are not cast members in Orlando, Florida. They are off-world in Pandora. They're going to be off-world somewhere in, uh, you know, whatever the planet is going to be that Star Wars lands me in basin. How have you seen this, um, not just the growth, but almost, we as guests, this expectation of, of much more immersive experiences in the parks?
3: well it 's always the same old story in life. The better you get, the better you got to get and uh, And Today, with technology and everything you can see on your own you know, the, the, the bar's really risen to when you 're going to go in and experience it in person it 's not like it 's on a film or uh, on a uh, on the internet where they can do a lot of special effects now they 've got to do them in real life and uh, so that if you walk in there you 're going to be there, not in some other part of the park and uh I, I think they'll they'll make you feel like you're there and you're going to know wonder how do i get out of here <laughs> how do we get back to earth <laughs> yeah, so that'll be cool i mean and we i think the whole world right now is just uh, mesmerized with space travel and can we go to another planet and can we survive there can we create life there i mean this is a big deal and uh, it's more and more possible. And these kinds of things just, you know, things that were fantasy are now becoming reality. And uh, that makes it even more interesting for people to say, well, I guess this really could happen. So it's cool. It's very cool.
2: So let's stay in this sort of this fantasy becoming reality and it made me think about the use of technology in the parks. You know, you've been you were with the Disney company for a long time as technology was advancing and the, the advent of the Internet and social networking. And, you know, now... You know, the, the, the joke is, it used to be, you know, when are we going to get Star Trek, you know, in our hands? And we, we've, we've surpassed that. We've surpassed the communicator and the tricorder and all those different things. How do you think technology has impacted the guest experience in the parks, uh, positively or, or negatively?
3: Well, it's a long way from when I came here and we just had beepers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had even thought about the, the uh, smartphone. But uh, obviously, every, per, every person is attached to technology. They know what you can do with it. The creativeness of technology, what people are creating on—from apps to uh, experiences to going on your laptop and having a wonderful emotional experience with a movie—or uh, so the guests expect more. The more you get, the more you expect. I guess that's why we get, you know, Samsung and Apple, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> do we really need them? Apparently, we do because people want more and more uh, access, and they want more and more of that. Uh, imagination that comes with technology i'm just amazing what i can do on my phone now as i learn how to do more and more and more and and um, so the bar keeps getting higher and higher and you know you can never live with what you used to have you always want to have more and uh, whoever thought we would spend that kind of money on a cell phone let alone And, and all the things we do with it and even your son here nicholas i mean he uh He's going to know a hundred times more than you and I do, and he's going to even expect more. He's going to be bored when he goes to a park. They, today, uh, the children and even a lot of adults want to be involved. They want to do something. They want to fight the alien. They want to shoot at it. They want to score. They want to... Uh, Uh, be a part of it. And I think that immersion is uh, the key. That's what's happening everywhere. Everybody wants to get in it. They don't want to look in it. They want to
2: be in it. It's it's no longer, you know, we're not satisfied with a passive experience anymore. You know, the classic Disney dock ride is is wonderful and charming, but we want to fly on the back of a banshee. And and, uh, after you come from Pandora, I want you to reach out to me because I want to know what you think about how that experience is so markedly different and a leap forward from I think anything else we've seen anywhere. Because you're going to come off there and say, "Man, I just I just flew."
3: So you really flew. You really you feel <laughs> like you're flying. So that's pretty incredible. And technology is getting better and better. Remember when we started the the first. Uh, mission space it was making people sick and the technology has improved so much now you can make you know i'm working with a company now we're working on uh, video conferencing and you know the screens today from china it can look like you're in the room with the people you can talk to they're like there in 3d and uh, this is just uh, the technology is going to improve improve prove this thing where you're not going to know whether it's real or not
2: well what i expect too is you know right now we're talking about really we're at the the genesis of of um practical virtual reality, and even augmented reality, where you're going to use your phone and be able to, and I was showing my family and some friends, you're able to use your phone and uh, augment reality with things are there, and I think that's that's something that Disney will eventually bring into the park experience, not only to enhance it, but because that's what the expectation of the generation behind us is is going to be looking for.
3: Putting you in the show. Absolutely. And we saw that a little bit at Epcot, where they had the, what was it, during the... One of the shows where they uh, the characters were talking to the child and you know, answering questions and uh, and I do, I do. for for somebody that's just, even young people that's just like a mem- memory you'll never forget that that fish was talking to me <laughs> me personally dad and I always talk about when a you know four year old meets Cinderella she met Cinderella you're never going to convince her she didn't and uh, so those experiences I think. The, just Disney, I think the creativity it creates for a person about when they go back into the normal life, they start thinking, "Wow, we could do this a little better in our company. We could do this. We could communicate better. We could use technology to send that message, a better commercial, a better experience with our clients. And I, th- I know a lot of people come here just to see and observe for a week of how things are done. And they go back and they're not happy with their hotel or their restaurant or their cruise line or because uh, once you get a taste of this, you say, wow, I think we could be better. And I think Disney's best thing is, Disney knows every day you've got to get better. Yeah, right. They don't <laughs> care how good you are. You're never as good as you think you are. And if you don't get better every day, you get worse. Complacency and will kill you. Right? It, exactly. And, so, and you've got to get better faster today. <laughs> That's the problem. You can't be thinking. There's no five-year plan anymore. It's like this stuff comes up tomorrow morning. You may need to impl- implement it in a month. You need to pivot very, Before very your quickly. competitor does, right. yeah. yeah.
2: You know, one thing, Lee, I, I think that um, has happened because of technology, as long as we're talking about technology, is I think Disney has very smartly used technology and social media and, and their presence online to really humanize their brand. So I think, and understand what I mean by this, going back to when you were here a lot of guests who probably came to the parks had no idea who Lee Cockrell is. Where now, a lot of, everybody knows who Dan Cockrell is. We know who the people are who write for the blog. We know who some of the, the faces of the company are. And I think one thing that they did, too, I guess back in 2007, I want to say, is when they launched D23, right? It was the community for Disney fans. They wanted to not just bring the company together. They wanted to bring us as fans together as the official fan club, right, going back to the old Mickey Mouse Club days. Um, give me your thought on D23, the events, the expo, um, some of the um, the other things they do, you know, Destination D and, and things like that. Well,
3: uh, Disney has got so much popularity already that that was uh, kind of a no-brainer. Why didn't we do that before? The number of people who are just committed to Disney and Disney products and get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Uh, I mean, there's a you know there's interest for everybody whatever you believe in. You no, know, we have gun shows for people who love guns, and they, you can't keep them away. And we have every show at the convention center. And here Disney created one for the lovers. In fact, I haven't been to it. I'm, I just guess I'd ask you, should I go to this and check it out and find out what's happening? Absolutely, I probably can't even imagine.
2: The, I would say I don't power. think you could fathom what the D23 Expo looks like. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks um, out in Anaheim, and. They've brought together all of the different, you know, properties and all the IP together under one roof. But what they've also done, too, is given people like us who are third-party content creators the opportunity to not just be passive participants and be on the show floor. But we have a presence there as well. We can have a booth because they understand, again, that this is uh, – it's all about community.
3: Well, somebody wrote to me and told me that I should uh, get a booth and bring my books and sit there and sell them and talk to people and all that. And I – thought about doing it i never, never got around to figuring out how to do it but i might do that once because it's the same old story you think you know something till you go experience it and then you go whoa and i think that's probably what this experience is like and i think even for people who come to disney they think they know what they're gonna and then they they just are it's mind-boggling what they experience and i've learned that in my own life you got to go experience things that's why i travel so much uh, you can read about, I tell people, you can read about India, but you go there, it's very different. Or China, or Japan, or anywhere. And so,
2: I, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's uh, that's one I need to go check out. You should. I think, uh, And I would love to hear your perspective, because, again, you bring a very unique perspective to it. Um, but how they have not, it's not just a showcase of what is coming, but it really is something that I think tries to bring the Disney community together, not just virtually online, but more importantly, in real life well and I'm going to
3: have Daniel my son make sure he tells people who I am (laughs) so I meet people I met a guy at the hospital he was bringing Priscilla some meals when she was in the hospital and I said hi I'm Lee Cockrell I gave him a bookmark he said do you know Dan Cockrell I said yeah I'm his dad he said I never heard of you (laughs) I said well there you go but but uh, it's funny. Uh, your foot, uh, the page turns. Right.
2: Well, it, but it goes back. It's it because it's because we didn't have <laughs> access. You know, we didn't have access to, to knowing who you were or being able to find out. Certainly not being able to meet you. You know, Dan is – one thing I love about Dan is he's always present in the parks. He's so accessible to guests. Again, humanizing the brand. You know, we friend Dan on Facebook. We follow him on Twitter. We follow him on Instagram not really because of his personal life, but because we want to be connected to that person who we know is such an important part of this company and this brand that we love.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. and uh, I can even see, you know, since I retired, when I finally got on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn to promote my work and the things I do in my podcast, it is, uh, you talk about power, the power <laughs> of the internet. Oh my god, I hear from people all over the world every week. From I hear people from Russia say, you need to come here, our service is not good. <laughs> or I hear from Denmark, and everywhere it's unbelievable and I did one you know I went through some anxiety problems once and uh, I did a podcast on that I heard from so many people saying I go through that I'm running guy was running a restaurant in London I wish my boss would deal with this and let us talk about it and you just the reach today is and so you can be done if you're doing something good or you can be done if you're doing something bad (laughs)
2: right (laughs) I always say you know you have to sort of be careful what you say because you never know who's listening. And yeah. that's, that's less of a warning. as more of, you know, sometimes you never know what kind of opportunities might come because you never know right. who's listening. Do good. Um, all right, so I, let's sort of uh, talk about where we are right now. We're sitting in Disney Springs. Uh, yeah. We chatted a little bit about this about uh, this over lunch. Uh, this is not your dad's Pleasure Island. This is not the Pleasure Island you remember. Give me Lee Cockrell's personal and professional thoughts on where Disney Springs is today.
3: Well, it's incredible. You know, I started here around the time Pleasure Island was really gearing up in 1990 when I remember coming here. And it was a wild, crazy place and wasn't very uh, uh, right for the (laughs) customers who come here. It was a lot of local people that were dancing and misbehaving sometimes. And today, I think this is the real, uh, and I would say family and adult or family and adult, whether you're with your family or alone, it's kind of like on the cruise ships, you can do your thing. And and it's really grown-up restaurants now. I mean, this is quali- high-quality food. This is not like the old days in 90s and 80s. Disney food was kind of this and that and knocked out. Today, you, I mean, these are world-class restaurants. And, uh, and to the meal we had today at the Boathouse was as good as you'll get anywhere. I mean, uh, probably my best taco in my life, and I eat a lot of tacos. And it was really well done. And when we met the chef, we saw why. I mean, he he's passionate. And he loves his work. And... And I think what Disney's done, they've gone out and found the best to do these pro- concepts with. And sometimes it's Disney and sometimes it's somebody else. And, uh, but today, I wouldn't, if, you, if I didn't know somebody else ran that restaurant, I wouldn't have known. It'd be just as, well, I, we were treated as well or better than we might be at the California Grill or somewhere else. So they've really got that nailed down about uh, if you're going to be on this property, you better be great. Because Smart partnership. you're going to be held accountable uh, to see, because the guest doesn't care who owns it they just care about the experience and
2: so it's good and that expectation of, of quality of service that we come to with the disney brand
3: just attitude is just so good here you know you go out in real life you know you come off the expressway here and get into disney park and you come in here it's like you're in another world because you're everybody's knowledgeable here they treat you like an individual they make you feel special like we did they did for us today um uh, and people are knowledgeable. People really know what they're doing here. The waiters know what they're doing. They know the menu. They know everything. And the training is really paramount at Disney. And so that's uh, good for companies out there figuring out
2: how to ha- how to have a better business. Hire good people and train them. <laughs> but it's not. It wasn't just to be clear. It wasn't us. But every guest is oh, made yeah. to. You know, Absolutely. every guest is a VIP. I mean, that goes to you know the the basic um, you know mission and philosophy of the Disney company. Something I when you were here, you really instilled in people is that everybody is a is a vip every person needs to be treated a a certain way well we had a simple
3: concept here the purpose statement which was we all have a different job at disney but we only have one purpose and that's to make sure that every guest has the most fabulous time of their life whether you cook french fries serve them clean them up uh uh, with if you never see a guest you still have an impact on their experience if you don't fix the air conditioner in January, you're going to have a problem with the m- wedding in May or June. <laughs> and so the engineer's got to know he's as important to creating magic here as anybody else is. And that's what you've got to drive into your workforce. We're all here together. I think that's what healthcare is trying to do now, is make sure everybody understands they're there to save lives. And uh, whether you're a technician or work in the cafeteria, you create the attitude for people. And you, it's just a good thing to remember. We're all, you can't run this place without everybody doing their thing well. And I think most places don't get that. They don't get that. I mean, and uh,
2: when you get that, it, it works. And that's why you teach it. You're able to sort of bring this philosophy and this uh, the way of doing business into any into any um, company, into any corporation, whether you're a service business or not. Absolutely. Because we're all in the customer service business, I think.
3: Well, and into, into your thing. family. You know, somebody asked me, what is culture? I said, well, you have a culture at home. You spend time with your kids, you tell them you love them, teach them to read. You spend time with them. They want to spend time with you. Same thing at work. You create a culture where people feel special. They wake up in the morning they want to come to work, not have to come. Uh, they feel like they matter because the leadership makes sure they know they matter because we do respect everybody at every level, no matter what position. And culture. I tell people, culture is not part of the game. It is the game. You get culture right, everything else works. You get culture right in your house, you're going to have great kids. And then you're going to have great grandkids. And 100 years after you're gone... There's still kids being great because of you, creating that culture way back here. And same with the people who work here. Anybody leaves here and goes to another job, they have a better career. Everybody wants a Disney person.
2: Everybody. And I tell people all the time, like, even if you come to work here for a summer, a college program, whatever, that, that the training that you're going to get from traditions to being on the ground, that experience, that, that name on that resume for you is going to be a positive influencer for the rest of your life. Well,
3: we inject so much pixie dust into your veins that you can't get it out. It's in there forever. It becomes a part of you. And uh, and people know that. I hear all the time people tell me, oh, that was the best thing I ever did. I would go for interviews now, and I was on the college program, and all they want to talk about is what I did at Disney and how can I do that for them. And you talk about, I tell every kid, do the college program. At least work there for six months or a year. You It will pay off. And it does. It does. This You learn the best way, not just a way to do Take care of
2: people. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't. You know, I sort of wish I would have done was at least do. And I don't even know if the college program was around when I was in college. But being able to have gone through traditions and gone through some of that training and experience, experiencing it firsthand, because I come at it from a, a guest perspective. But I would like to have actually seen how that that translated into into training. Because as a former employer, I was was I was always curious. Like, how does Disney do it? How does Disney get such incredible performance out of the frontline minimum wage cast member who acts like they have a vested interest in every single guest's personal experience?
3: I think because they do. They feel like they do. After they go through traditions, they hear how responsible they are, need to be, and how we appreciate them, and how we're going to make sure they get trained and developed and have a better life too. And you know, somebody said your people will never be committed to you unless you're committed to them. They know. They know if you're committed to them. Will you get the interview? Will you be available for them? Will you, you will help them with their career? Will you sit down and talk to them when they got a problem? Show commitment, and you'll get commitment. And uh, that's a simple thing. I tell people the most important things in leadership, discipline and empathy. You get those two right, discipline and empathy, anything can work. And uh, so I, that's why I work on that. That whole time management thing is about discipline. Empathy is about understanding each person as an individual, where they're coming from. And uh, we're all different. you got a son and a daughter. Are they different? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so
2: and as he hits the teenage years, she gets even much more different. It's going to be rough for you going yeah. <laughs> forward. <laughs> so let's, I want to let pivot a little bit and, and go a little bit um, blue sky, a little bit more practical. Um, let's assume that you had... A position where unlimited budget unlimited resources, and you could expand uh, Walt Disney World um, what property what character whether it's Disney's own or outside IP would you love to see brought into Walt Disney World
3: yeah, well, I think you know the It's amazing how the main characters that everybody wants to see are still the basic ones from the old days. Mickey Mouse, Cinderella, the princesses. There's not a little girl born on this planet that doesn't want to meet the princesses. And I remember when we brought Margo here, when four, she was all excited. She was going to meet the princesses, and she was stunned. She couldn't speak when she saw them. So I think uh, anything that deals with fantasy, you know, I always tell people, we talked about at Disney, fantasy is real here. It's not, It's real. And then I always tell them, too, reality is fantastic. Like we went in a car today in the water, and security is nice to you here. They don't want to hit you with a club. The reality is transportation drivers are fabulous and I think just somebody asked me what's the thing that's most important at Disney it's the cast members that's all it is you can build attractions you can build restaurants our experience what if you didn't have a great chef in there and that waitress that took care of us and the manager came over it's all the people forget about the hard stuff that, the hard stuff's easy <laughs> right. the soft stuff
2: the people are hard you can train anybody how to do how to execute the job it's the philosophy it's the attitude of like you said the sim- everybody's singular Responsibility and mission is simply to make people happy
3: that 's it and if that 's so your old mission that 's pretty simple. And be nice. I, too, you know, when I wrote my second book, Customer Rules, I asked Margo. I said, Margo, she was twelve. What's the most important thing in room in uh, customer service, Margo? I need some help." She said, "Well, Pappy,
2: the first rule is be nice." I said, "You know, this costs nothing. Be but nice. It doesn't right, It doesn't be cost nice. anything to to be nice or deliver exceptional service. Does not cost you anything more.
3: Nothing." And then, you know, I asked my grandson. I said, "Tristan, you want to be in the book?" He said, "Yes." I said, "You better give me a good quote." He was ten. I, I said, "What service mean to you?" And he said, "Pappy, when you serve, you're always the giving one. So you get up every morning come to Disney. You give all day. You don't, you don't argue with guests. You don't try to get even. You don't try to win an argument. You don't. All we do, if you're unhappy, our job is to turn you around and uh, be nice and be the giving one in life. And life works out pretty well. You have very few enemies."
2: So one of the things we were, um, as long as we're talking about expanding and and growing, things we would do here and and maybe bring other things into parks, we were talking over lunch about, um, you know, as a speaker, we get to travel a lot, and you've gone to, you know, so many exotic destinations across the globe. I mean, you're you're busier now in your quote-unquote retirement than you are, uh, whether it's Asia or Europe. If you could add any country to Epcot... Let's put money and, and politics aside. If you could add any pavilion to Epcot, any country to any pavilion Epcot, what would it be? Well, it's interesting.
3: I had a call from Portugal recently because one, the fifth most spoke language in the world is Portuguese. Hmm. And uh, not only Brazil and Portugal are interested because that's a huge base of uh, uh, potential tourists and people that are interested in that culture. But I would also say maybe, I hate to say it, but probably Russia. I mean, I think people don't have any idea about Russia, and that's why I'm going there. I've never been there. It's the same old story. What's in my mind is probably not real. Uh, Maybe we're not happy with the government there, but the people are going to be nice, and they're going to take care of us, and we're going to have a good tour, and we're going to see
2: wonderful, beautiful things. and, uh, And it goes back to a pavilion that was planned for Epcot at one point. I mean, that was very much on the drawing board.
3: Yeah. I mean, I hope that can work someday. You know, we... Most Americans say, complain about China, but you go to the Chinese pavilion, you love it. <laughs> you know, oh, the Japanese, oh, you go to the Japanese pavilion, you love it. And uh, one after the other. So I think any time we can have a pavilion here, it helps people understand uh, what's going on in the world and it kind of get away from all that political stuff and look, to, these are just real people like you and me. they got families, they got kids, they want their kids to get an education, they want to have a safe environment to live in. Same in Russia, same everywhere I've been in the world. India, India. Same thing. I mean, you know. Being able to see the culture and the architecture and the food. the people. I mean, you know, the kids that work from uh, South Africa now over at Animal Kingdom Lodge. I mean, this is an incredible experience to sit and talk to them about living in South Africa.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And they just blows their mind to come here and work. And they take that back, too. We send back good stuff to these countries. We send back people who have a whole different image of the U.S. And a lot of countries around the world don't love us. Because we like to take over things. And uh, we're sending a good message that the people of America are great. Uh, if we didn't have governments, we'd probably have a peaceful world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're talking about um, you know, bringing new things in. We were saying before, everything that's old is new again. We have this sense of nostalgia. If you, Lee Cockerell, had the power to bring back any extinct Walt Disney World attraction, what would it be? Ones that had been here before? Ones that were here before. You can bring it back exactly as it was or improve on it if you prefer.
3: Well, that's a good question. You know, I still go to the one. What's the one there? You... Go around uh, past to life, uh, the circle of life. What's it called? Uh, uh,
2: uh, um, world of world of Motion.
3: Uh, world of Motion. <laughs> My wife and I love the World of Motion. We took our kids there. They didn't have a clue what was going on. What is that thing? Uh, that's a radio. And, and so I think some of those old ones, but I, I, th- I think a lot of them are going to be impossible to bring back unless you kind of bring them back and make them ten times better. Because, so we
2: all would love Horizons to come back I said, you but would, it, but right? But if it came back the way it was in 1983 They'd be like, this is lame I need something right need something better.
3: Yeah, he would run away from home And not come <laughs> back with you anymore So we're just going to have to You know, and I think Disney's done a good job Of knowing when to put technology in And when to li- not ha- when have people up there People, technology And get it balanced right Say, you know, I went to a hotel recently. See, you can open your door with your uh, phone. Well, that's good, but I really like to talk to somebody when I check in and find out where to go for dinner tonight. So that balance of technology. And then you got older people that don't want to hear about technology. And then you got younger people, that's all they want to hear about. So that going forward, and I think a lot of companies have jump too quick. And uh, we deal with them out there in the world, and we're stuck in a technology problem, and we can't get out of it. Nobody answers phone. Nobody will talk to us. And you go on their site, and they will not list their phone number, and they won't list who you can write to. And So I would say be careful. You've got many constituencies going on. and, uh, and uh, But technology is going to help with international visitors, the translation, the language, uh, it's amazing, you know, they're going to have a new translation where you and I wear an earphone, and I speak to you in English, and you hear it in French if you're French, and you speak back, and I hear it. You can
2: do it on your phone now. You can use yeah, Google Translate, and it translates. Right. It's just like we're talking. Again, it's Star Trek. The universal translator is, is sort of in our phones right now. I imagine that would be probably half the
3: solution to world peace, <laughs> is understanding <laughs> each other.
2: <laughs> What's he talking
3: about? Yeah.
2: So, all right, you, you talked about um, international and different language. Made me think about some of the, um, the parks overseas. Obviously, you spend a, a number of years in Disneyland Paris Um, Shanghai uh, Hong Kong Tokyo what other Disney parks overseas have you been to and what are your thoughts
3: well I've been to all of them except uh, Shanghai and uh, uh, of course I have a special place for Disneyland Paris uh, there from the dirt up and uh, they do a nice job and I was very impressed with uh, Japan it's incredible I mean You talk about clean There's not one piece of paper on the ground. And everything is like, chop, chop, it's done. Precision. People do exactly what they're told. Uh, Hong Kong, I went to, it was very small. Hopefully it'll get bigger because it's too small, really. And uh, it, again, was impressive. And, uh, of course, I think all of them I've been impressed with. I'll see how Shanghai, but I hear it's doing well. And I don't know really what's going on and what I read on the Internet. Maybe you posted some things on there that I read. (laughs) My wife said, Who are you meeting with? I said, Lou Mangelo. She said, Oh, I see him on the internet all the time. I said, No kidding.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On Facebook, all the time he's posting that. I said, Yeah, that's what he does. All right, so if you are, if you're now, you know, head of the company and you're looking to do further international expansion, what other country would you like to, again, putting some of the financials and politics aside, what other country would you like to, or do you maybe even think Disney could or should expand to?
3: Well, the ones that aren't here, you know, certainly India's got the money. There are private owners, private people there can raise the hundreds of millions that it costs to put it one in here. So I would say they're a good candidate. Some companies, some uh, I'll probably many com- countries could do it with private uh, entrepreneurs that don't have a lot of money in those countries. But I would say India would be very interesting. Most people in the U.S. are not going to go to India. And I've been there twice, and it's fabulous. I'd go back again. Um, I'm trying to think of others that I might think about. India
2: is always while well, you're Australia's thinking of it. Australia yeah. is pretty
3: interesting for a lot of people. A lot of people are not going to go there. That's a 25-hour trip from here and a big plane ticket. And so I think those. I think a lot of people tell you they want to visit Australia. A lot of people are really curious about India, um, more likely you'll go to Japan. More likely you could go to uh, China and, and, the, and the Far East. Uh, Middle East is a big question whether anything can happen there until we get a lot of uh, more stable situation in the whole world. But uh, India, I'd like to see India. It's 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 uh, it, it, it's so exotic, it's mind-boggling. I mean,
2: and I think it would be a great that would be a great pavilion for World Showcase as well. You know, being yeah, able to absolutely,
3: uh, absolutely, I think that exactly where it should be. if it it comes here and they got great food too and the food would be great and and a lot of display cooking and a lot of bread making (laughs) and
2: you name it I mean uh, this is why I'm friends with Lee because we just finished lunch and he's bringing everything back to food <laughs> I know
3: that's everything is food without food it won't
2: even matter <laughs> so let's get the environment right, and All right so, so we don't have a problem so circling back to that then we just ate at Boathouse we had a wonderful meal um, as a guest you know having been such especially you know you did so much food and beverage here um, what's your favorite place to come and eat in Walt Disney World
3: Yeah, well, I've got a big heart for California Grill because Dieter Hanning and I went out and saw Michael Eisner and got $6 million out of him to (laughs) renovate it. And he had just been in the hospital, so we were scared. And uh, he approved it. And then we got into the project, and there was a million-dollar asbestos problem we didn't know about. And we finally got it open. And I would say California Grill set the pace for changing the food at Disney World. And then, you know... Uh, after that, uh, we just started hiring great chefs, and one restaurant after another got better. And I hope today, I think most of the restaurants here have are, are really very, very good food, and uh, so uh, I like to go there. It's hard to remember that was the top of the world yeah. entertainment, top of the world supper club. Oh yeah. my <laughs> gosh! Now they just put those floor-to-ceiling windows in, and the view is incredible out of there, and the excitement and energy, and and uh, yeah, I, I love that restaurant and. Uh, Uh, Also, the French Pavilion I like, the restaurant there. My wife and I had our 30th wedding anniversary there, and we're about to have our 50th. So you talk about time flies. And, uh, of course, France is an important place in our lives, so we like to go in there. And uh, it feels like you're back in France for a little bit in the little cafe there.
2: So, yeah, it's great. And have you ever been, uh, and if so, which is your favorite, uh, on Disney Cruise Line?
3: Well, I've been on, uh, I haven't been on the two big new ones that I guess they're still called new. Uh, I was on both Magic and Wonder, and I thought the experience was incredible. I took my grandkids the first time, and they think I'm the best grandfather ever now. (laughs) And uh, we never saw them. They took off and did their thing all day long. And then we went another time with them and the whole family. And then we, Priscilla and I took a seven-day one, just the two of us. And I just, uh, I, th- I don't think there's anybody anywhere that does a better job of customer service and the product than Disney Cruise. And I'm not saying that. I would say after I went on a Disney Cruise, I thought we had a lot of work to do back here at Disney World because it's so mu- it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you read, when the kids were little then, the grandkids, and we left our pacifier on the table one night. Next morning, there it was. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I got a Christmas card from the waiter that took care of us. He was from Russia or somewhere. And, I mean, it, it was just amazing. We didn't have, I mean, we had no, not one problem.
2: Well, because they were able to, we were talking about this at lunch, they were able to take this experience, this, there's no attractions, there's, you know, there's no, yeah. this, but they were able to take that and bring it on board. Because, again, I think it goes back to that rudimentary philosophy that every cast member has, whether you're at sea or world or land or anywhere. Well,
3: every restaurant, it blew my mind. Where first time I went, you know the animation. I mean, I mean, I
2: mean, yeah, but it's pretty neat. If you think you like the magic and wonder, you need to get on the dream and the fantasy. Really? Yeah.
3: Maybe I'll get Carl Holst to give me a discount before he retires. I'm sure you know a guy. I'm sure every morning for coffee, and he hasn't offered me one thing yet. (laughs) So yeah, I know they're spectacular, and I think that just proves again. When I did that, I knew that service can be better. Yeah. When I was with Marriott, I went, took all my team to Hong Kong to see how good service can be. And once you see it there, you go back, you're not happy with your own service. That's why it's so important to experience the best. Then it, your mind is different then. You can't ever get out of that again. But if you read about it, people say, oh, it's great in Hong Kong. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. You go there. I mean, not one thing goes wrong for 10 days in a hotel. You ring the butler bell. And you want a corkscrew to open a bottle of wine. When the door opens, he's holding a corkscrew. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> huh? They unpack your suitcase and put your clothes away. They anticipate your needs before you have them. Here, people throw your bag in the room. and <laughs> Not at Disney, hopefully. But yeah, they are in- unbelievable. And then I came back and said, wow. We can, you're never as good as you think you are until you have an experience what excellence looks like, and that's why you always should experience. It. That's why so many people come to Disney World. Business people come here to want to see and go to Disney Institute
2: classes. They want to. How do they do this? Really? How do they do this? You want to learn from the best, you exactly. know. And that's what things at Disney Institute and what you do is you share some of those, you know, what you might think would be so closely guarded secrets, but they're not. I mean, it's a, they're they they're simple tactics and, and simple ideals that like we said you can apply to any business they're
3: so simple people have called me up and say lee we'd like to hire you to can you teach us the secrets of disney service and i said sure i can if you pay me and that's then i go there and they pay me a lot of money and i say hire great people train them and create a culture where they feel like they matter and then they give me the money and i leave <laughs> that's pretty all right
2: that's all it is but and it's it's sometimes unfathomable that companies just don't understand that or they come here and they can't see what made this experience so great it's not the restaurant it's not the attractions it's the cast members it's the people others hire the wrong
3: people they don't train them and they treat
2: them one guy i was talking to recently he said
3: hire them right train them right and treat them right Right. and that's the key to life hire them right train them right treat them right just like for your kids you want to train them get them education and you want to build their self-esteem and self-confidence and if you do those two things they can't be stopped
2: yeah so you know maybe a last question as a from a Thirty thousand foot view, um, you know. Now that you aren't with the company more, but you still uh, are connected to it both through your your son and you obviously come here. How do you think the the parks compare now to when you were here?
3: Oh, I think they're better. I mean. <laughs> The, the things they've done, it's like Walt. He couldn't imagine what was there when I was there. Like what, now, do you see,
2: what do you see here that you think is, is Well, better? I think the
3: technology, first of all, is incredible. The convenience of transporting, the fast pass improvements to get people not having to wait in line. I told somebody, you always should be working on your biggest complaint, which is lines. And so they work on that day and night trying to figure that out. Adding more attractions so they can, people don't have to wait so long they have other attractions to go to. I think the cast members here today are as great as they ever were, the attitude at least. I always used to tell people, you don't have to be happy to work here. You've got to act happy for eight hours because we're professionals, and that's what we do. We go backstage, we can be unhappy, but on stage we're not unhappy, and that's that's because we have a clarity here. There's so much clarity from the leadership, George Caligratis and his team and all the VPs and executives and the peer pressure. If you work here, the cast members will tell you hey boy you better get your name tag on that's not how we do things around here peer pressure is huge here about behaving yourself and so i think it's just a matter of it's a culture it's a culture that we're proud of what we do here cast is proud to say they work here guests are just blown away by the cast and that makes them feel good that I'm doing something to make families happy because most of the year you're not very happy with your mortgage and the way you're getting treated and the school system's not doing what they should do and stores are not following up on their promises and your doctor didn't get back to you and here you come pretty much everything you ask for happens. So I think that's the key in life, Uh, exceed their expectations. They far exceed them here to I think most people. Problem is, we got guests who've been here so many times; they have really big expectations. I mean, as you know, we get blamed for the weather and the rain, and uh, and it's—I guess it's our fault. I don't know. <laughs> we just apologize and say I'm sorry, but you don't really get that wet at Disney. <laughs> so, and if you do, you don't mind. Yeah, get you wet; you'll get dry. And it's, so, yeah, it's just a special place. I'd never imagined working here in my whole life. And uh, to say I worked here is probably the highlight of my whole career. I mean, it is. I mean, to say I was a part of this, because I know things now I would have never known if I hadn't worked here. I didn't bring so much here as I learned here. You know, when you bring and learn, <laughs> you, just, you walk away going, whoa, I'm a better person than I was when I got here.
2: Well, I think the, the takeaway really is, is that you can create and should create Disney magic in not just your professional life, but in your personal life, and I'm obviously segueing because you do a podcast called "Creating Disney Magic," um, with which I've been on and, and we've had a lot of fun on. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes. Which also have uh, currently have four books on you know that Disney way and leadership and management and customer service. Tell us uh, what the four books are. Well, Creating
3: Magic was the first. It's in 16 languages now, and it's really the top seller around the world. Uh, People really use it as a Bible to how to run their companies now. I get that note every week from somebody. Second one was customer rules. It's kind of 39 things you can do to improve your service without spending any money, really. Very little money. It's cheap, free. It's a lot about attitude and being more creative and thinking and involving your people. And the third one was time management magic because I'm kind of an expert in that area, getting people more organized and disciplined so they don't have regrets in their life and they get things done and it helps people not underestimate what they can achieve. And the last one is career magic, which is all about helping people think about the obstacles you're going to face in your life and how to deal with them. Because if you don't think you're going to have any get ready because people think Lee Oh yeah he was the, you don't know what I've been th- I've been fired passed over beaten up hit twice by waiters in places I work I got 18 stitches in my head um my marriage is good, but it hadn 't always been till I got to bed. My wife said the other day lee you don 't aggravate me anymore. Why?" I said, because I decided to not do that anymore, <laughs> so I own it, and the minute I got better, she got better so uh, yeah i 've learned a lot, and you do as you learning we 're
2: always learning
3: unbelievable but I learned more about I need more empathy and need to be t- teach. I want to be a teacher i don 't want to be a boss." I want to make sure people walk away from me and they learn something. And then they can say, I learned that from Lee. Or I'm going to go and teach that to my people now. I never thought about that before. And that's that's where you get the real payoff in life. When your kids call you one day and say, Dad, we love you. You did a great you right. job. You were, yeah. You were, you were right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and it's that's what happens. You were right, Dad. And we didn't know it at the time when I was 14, 13, 12. Because nobody likes their parents when they're 13. But, <laughs> and the parents don't like their kids when they're 13. But uh, it all comes around. And I, I get the big pumped up over that when people tell me that. Uh, Thanks for that talk you had with me. Thanks for spending time with me. Thanks for, That's the key in life. You're, I, I tell people, you can either leave a job or you can leave a legacy. It's up to you. And you own it. To leave a legacy is harder. You've got to work harder, be more available,
2: help people, do the right thing. You know. And be cognizant that all everything that we're doing, we're leaving the legacy behind us. Especially oh, now in a digital age, yeah. we're very much so. But and look, Lee, that's that's what you've always been. You came here, and you were a leader and a teacher of countless cast members. You teach individuals and businesses through your books and through uh, your speaking again I'm going to link to all that you can find everything that Lee does over at Lee Um I'd love to do this again. I definitely want to talk to you after you have been to Pandora and after you go on um, on some of the newer the new Disney ship. I
3: want to tell Daniel get me over there because I'm under pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me it's been fun again.
2: for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear, and if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So on the last show, I was talking about Muppet Vision 3D, and I'm sure you, like me, have seen it dozens, if not possibly even a hundred plus times. But I really wanted to see how well you paid attention. So I asked you what to tell me. What's the name of the unseen piano player who plays for Gonzo during his glorious tap dance routine? And now rather than me do my awful Gonzo impression, I'll let him tell you himself. And now, ladies and gentlemen, while you were a captive audience, a display of tremendous tap-dancing talent with the added cultural component of... (laughs) A pot of flowers balanced on my head. Hit it, Rusty. I want to thank the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, Some of you who didn't have some pretty creative answers as well. It's okay. I took all of them and randomly selected one. And again, you were playing for the 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book. All my audio tours, the Magic Band covers, the stickers, a pop socket. And because it was tricky and I gave you extra time, I also included an extra prize. Sort of a mystery prize from my personal collection. And last week's winner randomly selected is... John Foles. So, John, congratulations. If you played last week and didn't, win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, if you have listened to the show before or follow along with me on social or watched any of my live broadcasts, you've probably figured out that I love Disney Springs. But I also love and miss and remember fondly one of the, the locations that was there when it was known as Pleasure Island, and that is, was the Adventures Club. And that is the inspiration for this week's question. Because tell me, where in Walt Disney World can you find a dessert called the Kungaloosh? Remember, the Kungaloosh was sort of the signature drink of the Adventures Club. Well, now you can find a dessert called the Kungaloosh. All I need you to do is tell me where. And yes, obviously my question is about food once again. So you have until Sunday, July 9th, to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, go to the show notes, and there you'll find an online entry form. And I want you to use the form because if you do... You can include not just your contact information but your shipping address because in addition to the digital prizes you're going to get the 102 A's book the audio tours, the magic band cover, the stickers and once again I'm going to send out one of the brand spanking new not available in stores but will be there at D23 Expo WDW Radio Pop Socket phone holder and mount so good luck and have fun going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I understand your time is your most valuable commodity and I sincerely appreciate you taking some of it to spend and share with me. And thanks to everybody who joined me last week on the WW Radio Double Dip Cruise on the Disney Dream. Whether you were there with us on deck or you were there virtually following along on social or during the live broadcast, I sincerely appreciate it. We had such a good fun, memorable, delicious time last week we will definitely be continuing to recap it uh, on the show and on the site and on Facebook and I'll create a little recap video as well I love the double dip to Castaway Key, but I got to tell you, my favorite destination that Disney Cruise Line goes to is one that we are going back to again next year, and that is Alaska. We're going around the same time, but we are going to Alaska in late June 2018. For more information, visit the Facebook page at facebookcom slash Radio or go to www.radio.com/alaska18 to find out more and get a free, no-obligation quote. I will tell you, it is the most beautiful and breathtaking and yes delicious cruise you will ever take really excited to be going back again this year and I'll share some uh, links to uh, our recap video and um, the recap show that we did from our cruise back in 2015 if you are on the fence or thinking about coming with us Speaking of social, please don't forget to like and share the Facebook page at facebook.com slash wwradio. You can also share with me on all the other social channels. I am at Lou Mangiello, and I am also at Lou Mangiello for my personal profile on Facebook as well. Don't forget, too, to visit www.radio.com and get your free, as in free, copy of 102 Things to do in Walt Disney World, and by do I also mean eat in Walt Disney World at least once. Again, you can find that right on the homepage of wdwradio.com. Speaking of thanks, I also want to thank some of the new and continuing members of the WW Radio Nation family. I appreciate each and every one of you, including some long time and new members like Connor Lucian, Justin Carrington, Michael Groner. Tiffany Campana and Jesse Fouts. If you want to help the show and also get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, private video group calls and chats, personalized Magic Band covers, logo gear, T-shirts, care packages every month from Walt Disney World and more. You can visit www.radio.com/support. And please don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America If you have a question you want me to answer on the show you can email me, lou at www.radio.com or be heard on the air call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 And speaking of events, and look, as much as I love connecting and talking with you guys online, I have always believed that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. You've proved that at Meets of the Month and Cruises and so many of our other special events. I am going to have another brand new special event announcement coming probably next week. Actually, probably during the live show next week. So definitely stay tuned for that. I also have other meetups and events, not in Walt Disney World, but on the road as I travel to uh, speak at conferences and schools. And speaking of which, nice segue, Mangello. If I can maybe come to speak at your event or to your business or to your school, you can visit LouMangiello.com. And I'm also hosting a small, intimate, 50-person-only weekend workshop in Walt Disney World, October 14th through the 17th. We are now down to only about 10 seats left Early bird pricing is about to end and there's only two seats left for our Tuesday Mastermind. We have a great lineup of speakers and a really uh, engaged, interactive, small workshop to help you get from where you are to where you want to be and really turn what you love into what you do I'm going to have a full announcement of speakers coming soon, but don't forget that Duncan Wardle, the former vice president of innovation and creativity at Walt, at the entire Disney company, is going to be one of our featured speakers there. For more information, visit loumangelo.com and you can click on the link for momentum right there. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin, my official and recommended travel provider over at mousefantravel.com. Next week, we're going to be on the floor and online live from D23 Expo. So if you're going to be out there, please come by our booth in the Collector's Forum. Be part of the show. Be part of the broadcast. Get free stuff. And we got a lot of other surprises there as well. If not, you will be able to follow along live on the WW Radio Facebook page. Again, it's facebook.com slash WW Radio. Be sure to turn on notifications. That's the only way you're going to find out exactly when we go live from and throughout the entire event. And if you want to come to Expo or Disneyland or World or any destination on this beautiful planet of ours, you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And thanks, as always, to little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine. You can subscribe and get back issues at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend, and you, you truly are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, and all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, if you don't, tell me why, please help spread the word. I want you to let others know about it. Tell your friends, tweet out that you're listening. Better yet, go to the W Radio page, share a link to this week's episode with your friends or in your favorite group over on Facebook. And if you could, just take 30 seconds, that's all it takes, to rate and review the show over at iTunes iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,300 five-star reviews. You helped us reach number two overall on iTunes not too long ago. I want to say thanks some recent reviewers like D32Willis, who says, the show brings the magic to you. COG007 says, from the UK, by the way, 007, I get it. He says, Lou and his assortment of stellar featured guests never fail to deliver a professional and thoroughly entertaining podcast every week where Lou's love for all things Disney makes WW Radio the best Disney podcast out there. It's especially perfect for us UK-based Disney fans keeping us up to date on all the current news in and out of Walt Disney World whilst, whilst, we simultaneously learn for Lou's encyclopedic, wow, SAT word, knowledge about the company's history, the park's hidden treasures, and of course, the best places to eat. Keep up the great work, Lou. Thank you, COG007, and by the way, stay tuned because I love being able to bring the show to you in the UK soon i want to bring us physically to you in the uk stay tuned angry user exclamation point four six seven eight rut row says awesome podcast for info of all kinds it doesn't sound too angry i'm a current listener and working my way through old episodes i can't get enough disney fans and people who love the parks should definitely listen all the Disney park history, information, and recommendations presented in the podcast are helpful and fun to listen to. Wow, that's not angry at all. Mike 22073 says, This is a must if you are a Disney fan. It'll increase your enjoyment of your Disney tenfold. Lou's just awesome. Oh, thanks. You're awesome, too. Just don't listen to the podcast if you're hungry. Good advice. And A.M. Gresh or Am Gresh says, Best dot 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 show dot 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 ever in all caps. So he really means it or she means it. I stumbled upon the show about a year and a half ago, and I am hooked. I listen at least once every day. Wow, that's a lot of Lou. Whether it be in the car, on a run, or cleaning the house, Lou is a knowledgeable, incredible Disney resource. I never listen to the show without learning something new. Thanks for being awesome, Lou. Am Gresh, Mike, Angry User, Kai, Wills, all of you, thank you for being awesome, and for the gift of allowing me to share my love and passion for Disney with you through the show, and the videos, and everything else, each and every week, um, I hope that I can somehow brighten your day and brighten your week and make you happy because that is the entire purpose of the show is simply to make you happy and uh, hopefully maybe even encourage you to start doing that thing that you want or love or dream about doing. And if you do and if you want to, one, let me know if I can help you somehow, and two, remember the key is persistence. Be persistent. Don't ever give up. And always keep moving forward. I hope that you have your best week ever. I can't wait to see you on the floor or online at D23 Expo next week. So until next time, see ya.
0: Oh my gosh, Lou. Just had to stop in the middle of listening to show 486. And I'm always amazed that I can listen to a podcast With people eating for over an hour and (laughs) enjoying immensely Uh, it was great to hear Kristen on there I want to know what a Vogue Foucault is or whatever she referenced when you guys were talking about sake I've never been to uh, Moimato's and uh, gosh, you your family always a joy Just a ton of entertainment and fun listening to you guys enjoy yourselves. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for that. And this is Tim in Swanee, Georgia. Thanks.
1: Hi, Liz. This is Chloe from Ridgeway, Virginia. I am currently walking around Epcot. Um, It is, I guess, Thursday, June 14th, I guess. I don't know. I'm in Disney. I don't know what day it is. but I'm just having a blast. Just got off of the express transportation system from Animal Kingdom to Epcot. I've been using that my entire trip, and it has been wonderful. We did all four parks plus Disney Springs in one day. Of course, you can't use the express transportation to Disney Springs, but it's still been wonderful. Uh, It's been a great time. This morning at Animal Kingdom Road, Flight of Passage for the first time. Wow. Unbelievable. So excited to have done that. And now... uh, just enjoying Epcot. I'm going to go grab some food, and that's what made me think of you. I'm going to kind of snack around the world a little bit. So, Lou, I've been listening for about three years. I love the show. Thanks for all you do. All right. Have a magical day. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Lou. Jesse Brown here, a listener uh, for the last couple of months. Recently discovered the, the podcast and uh, been going through listening. And, uh, you know, i got to tell you, I think uh, – we could be related somewhere. My two favorite things in life are Disney and food. And you put them together, and man, oh man. Uh, just love, love to eat Uh, from the Greensboro, North Carolina area, and if you're up this way I'd love to take you out for a nice plate of Carolina barbecue Um, we are going to be in Disney World in July, Uh, actually the weekend uh, that you'll be gone to the Expo Uh, we'll be there uh, for 10 days so kind of sad that you're actually going to be on the the other coast while we're down in uh, Disney World, anyways I just wanted to say I love the show, love the show a lot. I've been going back through your old episodes, listening to uh, you know just some of the great DSI, you know, with uh, Jim Porkins and just just they're excellent, great, for knowledge about things that you never even would have thought of. Uh, and you know, we I do appreciate everything you do to keep uh, the, the Disney magic alive. As we are not in the park, in a way, for people like me, you know, um, that can't be in the area, uh, we just get to live vicariously through you. Anyways, wanted to say hello and uh, thank you, and uh, looking forward to meeting you sometime soon. Have a good day.
4: Hey, Lou Mangello. This is Christine Morrison, giving you a call again. I reside in Flowertown, Pennsylvania. Um, just listen to your. WDW podcast on Geyser Point at Fort Wilderness Lodge, and we are actually going to be staying at the cabins at Fort Wilderness in 16 days. I'm very excited, and you have inspired me to go check out Geyser Point. I'll drag my brother and sister-in-law along. We're going to check out that secret drink menu Um, and just uh, sit down and and have a nice bite to eat. Um, Thank you for your review. I enjoy listening to your family talk about the food. And, again, uh, maybe someday we'll meet up in the park. Um, You're on your double-dip cruise right now, so enjoy. And I'm at the pool and uh, dreaming about my trip in 16 days. Thanks, Lou. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. You've got a friend
2: the bed